There are far too many leaders chasing notoriety when instead they should be working to embody truth. Join me and Brandon Collinsworth for a conversation that peels back the layers of what it truly means to be a leader. In this episode, you'll learn why the journey to leadership is ultimately a warrior's path. You'll also learn why depth is the new cool, the number one thing that's missing in leadership today, what it truly means to be in service, why most leaders who claim the title of leader are doing so from a superficial state, and how to create true sustainability in your leadership. From being a broke and homeless high school dropout in 2002 to being a world-renowned performance coach, speaker, yoga teacher, and humanitarian who works exclusively with several of the most impactful people in sports, music, and business, Brandon Collinsworth is a leader worth knowing. In addition to creating the award-winning chain of high-performance gyms, Real Results Fitness, Brandon has collaborated with some of the world's top brands, including Red Bull, Lululemon, MTV, and is currently signed with Nike as a master trainer and yoga teacher. After taking a life-changing trip to Bali in 2014, Brandon began traveling the world with just his bad backpack and immersed himself in studying yoga, martial arts, movement, osteotide massage, plant medicine, and meditation. These studies inspired him to launch Warrior Retreats in 2016, a 17-day immersive retreat experience in the heart of Peru designed to help people step into their greatness. Today, Brandon is on a mission to creating a new global standard for health and wellness built on the fundamentals of mental, spiritual, and physical unity, and he is a true leader for our generation. This is an episode that you definitely might want to listen to twice because Brandon drops a lot of gold nuggets in our conversation. Now, just a reminder, my new book, Potent Leadership, will be released soon. Please get on the wait list to be amongst the first to get the book as well as the release bonuses. You can do that by adding your name to the wait list at rubyframon.com forward slash book wait list, or you can text hashtag book launch to 1781-336-0160. If you dig the podcast and want to stay connected, you can head to rubyframon.com forward slash connect to stay connected via email. You can also text hashtag TTL to 1781-336-0160 and stay in touch with me via text message. Now, whether you are a loyal thought leader or a brand new listener, please take a moment to download a few episodes and drop a rating and review on iTunes. This helps me get the podcast out to more leaders around the world. So thank you so much in advance for doing so. And now it is time to learn what truly makes a leader a leader with Brandon Collinsworth. Welcome to today's Thought Leader, where I'm challenging you to rise up, speak up, and create a movement. I'm your host, Ruby Fremont, and I'm here as a catalyst for you, the new generation of thought leaders. I'm a kick-ass life coach, a bullshit detector, and courageous communicator. I'll show you how to gain visibility, build a cult following, and create impact while increasing your income. 
Join me every week as I dive into raw and real conversations that will help you amplify your presence, influence, and impact. It's time to unapologetically do what you're here to do and do it your way. So get ready, thought leaders, and let's make shit happen. Hey, thought leaders, welcome back to another episode of today's thought leader. And today I have a very special guest, a a new soul brother in my life, Brandon Collinsworth. Brandon, thank you so much for being on the show with me today. It is such an honor to be here with you. I've stalked you on Instagram for a long time and, you know, us coming together and being able to finally connect a few months ago, there was definitely a soul resonance. The work you're putting in, the light that you're holding, the frequency that you exude, it's powerful medicine. And I'm excited just to be able to contribute to the conversation for your listeners and open up the dialogue of what is possible. Mm, Thank you so much for that reflection. And yeah, we've been in each other's worlds for quite some time and we're just starting to, I think, scratch the surface on our budding friendship. And um, it's so, I, I find it so rare nowadays to meet leaders that truly, truly to the depth of my core inspire me. Um, and that is because I, I believe that there's this like lack of congruency in leadership. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of people talking a lot of talk, but not actually walking the walk. And one of the things that I noticed of you straight off the bat is that you truly, truly walk the walk. Like this is everything that you teach, preach, share, live, breathe in your daily life. And I, unfortunately that's rare nowadays, but I'm curious to know, um, or for our listeners to learn more about your journey, because you really came from being broke, living on the streets to where you are today. And that's an incredible journey, but it's also one that I know took a lot of deep inner work and dedication and devotion to self. So I'd love for you to just share like a snapshot of what that journey is just to give our, our listeners some context. Absolutely. So I was born, raised on the east side of Las Vegas to a beautiful single mother in the projects, in gang infested neighborhoods, in institutionalized poverty. And at 16 years old, my mom went through a mental breakdown, ended up giving me up. And that led me to being homeless on the streets for two years, dropped out of high school, got caught up in drugs, got caught up in alcohol, and was on my way to the grave or the jail cell. And by 18 years old, I decided that I was going to make a change. I decided that I was going to go after my dreams, go after my visions, go after my goals, because the alternative was a body bag. And that was the beginning of my hero's journey. And it's been 18 years since that day I was sitting at a bus stop. And it has been one of the most prolific unfoldments of my highest expression. I mean, beyond anything I could have imagined. But it's taught me a lot. It's allowed me to see so many different spaces and really learn in a grassroots way what it means to lead, what it means to believe, what it means to go after our goals in the face of opposition, what it means to believe the unseen and have faith and go 
into those spaces of intuition, go into those spaces of heart and trust our why. And it hasn't been easy at all. I mean, the reality is that when you're from a situation like that, statistically, you're not supposed to fly. Mm-hmm. You can fly, but you're not supposed to. Like making it to average mm-hmm. is considered a success. But going beyond that, it just doesn't happen. And I've had the fortune to be able to go on this incredible journey. And the thing that continuously appeared to me as I've walked this path is that without heart, there is no power. Mm. And as I've walked this path and I've leaned more into my tools and leaned more into my truth, and I've started to garner a position in society where my voice matters, Mm -hmm. I always bring it back to the space that whatever is given to me is not for me. It's flowing through me. And the only way I can honor that is to one, hold the integrity of it for myself, but more importantly than that, share it to up-level others. So it's been a crazy journey from the streets to the skies. I went from being a high school dropout, broke, institutionalized poverty to inevitably owning a chain of gyms, getting signed to Nike, going to the University of Pennsylvania, getting my master's degree, studying psychology, starting a company in Peru, getting reunited with my father, diving into the medicine work, diving into the yoga, diving into the martial arts. Mm -hmm. And it's just been a refinement of truth. One of the reasons why I use the term warrior so often is that it's, you know, maybe we're not fighting metaphorical dragons or jaguars or in the battlefield, but each one of these wounds that we overcome or we grow through is a badge of honor. Each time we go into the shadows and we find out something different about ourselves or we look that shadow straight in the face and transmute it to a space mm-hmm. of love. Each time we show up when it's hard, each challenge we make it through, this is part of the warrior's path. And so at 36 years old, I consider myself a young chief now, Mm -hmm. not an old chief, not an OG chief with the tomahawk feathers all out, but I'm a young chief. And I just want to be a reminder and a mirror to people that everything is possible and that it is so important to put service over self. Mm -hmm. So important to remember that what we're given is not for us. It's there to flow through us. I love that reminder. Cause I think that, um, well, first of all, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. And, um, hopefully that gives our listeners some context as, in regards to where you've come from in order to be where you are today and be the light that you are for so many people. And that's the stuff that people don't see right? They don't Mm -hmm. necessarily see the journey. They see where we are now. They see your Instagram now. They see, you know, that you're a master trainer on Nike. Now they see all the now they don't see where you've been. The other piece that people don't see is the, the devotion to self behind the scenes and Mm -hmm. how this, this, what what you said, refinement of truth. I love that. That refinement of truth continues. It it Mm -hmm. happens every day continuing to dive deeper, continuing to learn more, continuing to uncover more through different various ways and methodologies Mm -hmm. and trainings. And it just never stops. And I think that that's one of the key traits of a true leader is that we understand that the work never stops. We understand that this is a continued refinement and a continued 
unlearning and learning process. Right. And that's what helps us show up at the capacity in which we do. And you show up at a great capacity. I mean, you've got um, your own content that you create. You've got the Nike training app. You've got warrior retreats. There's so much that you're putting out. There's so much goodness that you're putting out there for everyone to support them. And um, that's what everyone sees, but they don't see what the work that is going into the creation of that. And I think it's really important for people to understand that now more than ever, because we're living in a in an era where anyone can just update their Instagram bio and call themselves a leader, right? Truth, truth. And and so I want to, I'd love to dive into a discussion with you on, on, on that, the concept of, of a leader in today's digital age, um, when influencership is everywhere, when we can call ourselves anything that we want, like, what is it to you that really makes a leader a leader today? Absolutely. First and foremost, I think it's about walking the walk. You know, it's about walking the path. Once again, we got a lot of theoricians out there. We got a lot of people that can recite a new earth and Ernest Holmes and the alchemist verbatim, Mm -hmm. but have they walked the path? It's like in martial arts, you can read all the books on theory you want, but if you don't go in the dojo and get hit, You're not going to learn how to implement the technique. And so for me, the tall tale sign of a leader is somebody who's walked the walk. And we are so fortunate to have so many shining examples of history of people who have walked the walk. Mm -hmm. Although they're different cultures, different races, different missions. When we look at, you know, John Lennon and Bob Marley and Malcolm X and Mother Teresa and Maya Angelou and Muhammad Ali, These people walked the walk and stayed true to their truth, regardless if it meant fame was the outcome. And I think a lot of leaders these days got it backwards. They're going after the limelight. They're going after the fame. They're going after the notoriety first, instead of building a foundation that is rooted in truth, rooted in actually walking the path. And I think when you root something in walking the path, your truth just becomes alive. You become an embodied truth rather than just words. And what I hear a lot on Instagram, what I hear a lot on YouTube, what I hear a lot in these spiritual communities is a lot of beautiful words. The words are dressed up in mala beads and mantras. Mm -hmm. They're wrapped in spirituality and accessorized, but without action behind it, it's just empty. Yeah, I that that's such a great way to say it. Um, that thing, words wrapped up in mala beads, and we see the pictures, we see the images, we see the words, but what's really taking place behind the scenes? Where's the depth? Right. And um, you know, it's interesting because you and I are both in the plant medicine space, and um, it's like these maestros that we meet deep in the jungle. I mean, (laughs) these maestros and maestros are true leaders and they're not really known. And they're just quietly in the jungle doing their work day in and day out, devoted to their practice, devoted to their medicine, devoted to serving those who come on the path. And 
I look at them and I'm like, wow, like this is, this is what we're missing today. Like it's almost like there's a level of humility, but it's also a level of depth, like the willingness to go deep. And I mean, for me, it's been pretty scary to go deep, you know, into my own <laughs> shadows and into my, right. Because right. Right? you never know what you're going to find. You never know what you're going to uncover. Yeah. And yet I also know that the deeper I go, um, the greater I'm able to serve. Mm. Um, and so with where we're at, with everything being such a, uh, almost like an image based reality of leadership, what do you think it's going to take for, for us to start pivoting as a collective, for us to start taking the focus off the image per se, and back to the depth? Absolutely. I think it starts first by certain people pioneering that depth is the new cool, <laughs> that superficial is kind of played out, mm-hmm. and that depth is what we need. And I'm grateful for what 2020 was mm-hmm. because it pushed people into the depths. It pushed people into the shadows. Mm-hmm. And although so many people, you know, were rocked in so many different ways, nothing but magic can come from the depth. Yes, it's uncomfortable, but it also is there to catalyze us in the most profound way possible. And I also hear what you're saying. Like, as I've traveled, I've met so many masters, masters of craft that nobody knows, which is why I always say the masters we know about are just students of the masters we know nothing about at all. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I resonated with you so much is when we were sharing our respective shamans, Icaroses, Mm -hmm. and these men who have dedicated their lives to sitting with the plant, these men who have dedicated their lives to serving that don't have an Instagram, that are not blue checked out, but are serving at the highest level possible. I think what it, it, I think where the opportunity lies is it gives people the opportunity to, to truly go in and find out what's really there. And what I've learned in my path is that although the superficial accessorized image seems like it is the most appealing, mm-hmm. there's only true sustainability and satisfaction from going into the depths and developing that space that is so entirely authentic that if Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and everything exploded, one would still be in their power because they went deep rather than superficial. Mm -hmm. And we need more leaders to do that. We need more leaders who are down to get dirty. We need more leaders that are down to get quiet. We need more leaders that are down to think before they speak Mm -hmm. and know that their words matter. I was in India with this doctor of yoga. This guy had a bachelor's in yoga, a master's in yoga, a PhD in yoga, an advanced degree in like Vedic sciences. And there were yoga schools in America that wouldn't let him teach because he didn't have his quote unquote 200 hour yoga teacher training. And he's in India and I was having a conversation with him and he said, you're very blessed. He said, because most of us here in India never will be able to jump between cultures the way you guys do in America, meaning go to America or like we travel, you know, mm-hmm. our respective crews, Bali and Peru and Costa Rica and mm-hmm. Tulum. 
he said, because of that, you guys have the responsibility to not only go and grab the wisdom, but spread the wisdom and hold that with honor because you have the opportunity to be able to spread your wings that way and touch all these different cultures of the world. Because if we think about it, very, very, very few people on this planet have the opportunity to travel like we've traveled, to go to the jungles of Peru or Mm -hmm. the ashrams of Bali. And so I think in that space, we need more leaders that actually hold the path as sacred, that are willing to go out and get this esoteric knowledge, learn these tools, and remember that they're representing a lineage, Mm -hmm. that what's flowing through them as soon as we make it about the superficial, the blue checks, the look at me, the followers, mm-hmm. we're disrespecting lineages. Mm-hmm. But when we honor the lineages that flow through us, those ancestral lines, those lineage lines, they become empowered and a truth flows through us that really is undeniable. Mm-hmm. And so one thing I just continue to reinforce with leaders is like, I can care less about your level of success. Show me your level of service. Cause at the end of the day, all the material is gonna fade away. Mm -hmm. but the lasting impact we have on people's hearts that vibration lives forever that's the continuation of the lineage Mm. yeah that and that's so important for people to hear nowadays because i think it's it's really easy to place ourselves on pedestals and platforms and embody the look at me mentality because social media let's face it is built for that it's built to fuel that right right? it it gives us the dopamine hits the validation all the things that we are seeking in our hearts and it's easy to get caught up in that and in doing so we do actually disrespect the lineages of of what's actually brought us to where we stand today and it's it's like what i've always said about the plant medicine space like it's missing the reverence like plant medicine in the united states it, it misses the reverence to the actual mm-hmm. medicine, to the lineage, to, to, to the, the yeah. depth of knowledge that the plants hold. And we see that in, in leadership and personal development. Like there is a, mm-hmm. a, a lack of respect and reverence for where this wisdom has come from. And we, I don't know, I see us all as like our own version of wisdom keepers. Like we are wisdom keepers, mm-hmm. but we also come from, uh, you know, a society of wisdom keepers and we're all keeping wisdom in our own way, but to hold real reverence to that and mm-hmm. uh, to the reverence to the knowledge that we have, um, instead of constantly trying to compete with one another, trying to fight for the blue check marks, trying to fight for the <laughs> likes and the follows and getting caught mm-hmm. up in, in the numbers versus like you say, the service, which is, um, that's where it all begins, right? Leadership right. without that service isn't leadership services where exactly. it ends, it was where it ends. Um, exactly. And I love that. Um, for those of you who are listening, who are new to Brandon, um, he includes a deep level of service with warrior treats, which I think is what makes you very different with the retreats that you host is that you actually include service so that everyone who participates is acting in service. I'd love for you to just share a little bit about that and what that looks like. Absolutely. So I've for a long time understood the power of heart overhead, living a compassionate life and just giving back. I've always seen how when we throw those boomerangs of love out, they always come back full force. And 
going to Peru, you know, I was reunited with my father when I was 28 years old and come to find out he was living in the Amazon jungle, go figure. Mm -hmm. So next thing you know, I'm in the Amazon jungle. And that was a big part of my growth is Peru began to really give back to me. Mm -hmm. But what I started seeing as I started diving into these yoga spaces, these plant medicine spaces, I saw all my friends, I saw all these leaders, I saw all these teachers going to these places and just taking. Mm -hmm. They were never giving back. They were taking all the energy from the, these spaces, but not actually leaving something in return. Mm -hmm. And I felt like these lands were being depleted. So I, 2016 was in a ceremony in the Sacred Valley of Peru and the Inca spirits came down and they said, I had permission to bring people to their lands. Mm -hmm. And they said, just remember to always make sure you pay respect to the lands and give what you take. Mm -hmm. And that's when I decided that I wanted to first share Peru with people. We've now brought over 150 people to Peru in the last four years. But more importantly than that, I wanted to give people the opportunity to create a mutually sustainable give and take relationship with the lands of Peru. So we go down to Peru and our cups are full. We work with the medicines. We dive into the magic of Pachimama. We dive into the teachings, the food, the beauty of Peru. And to pay homage to that, we give back. And so I make sure that everybody, one, we do huge fundraisers. All of the money goes back to Peru. I don't make any money off of it. Mm -hmm. Every dollar that comes in, we go back to Peru and we infuse it. There's two entire days of the retreat where it's service. We're in hospitals working with terminally ill kids. We're in orphanages, holding space and loving awareness, watching, just, just connecting with these people who sometimes don't speak our same language, but the language of heart transcends that. We're in the cancer ward. We've had several terminal ill kids actually pass away mm -hmm. during our retreat while we're down there holding space. Mm -hmm. And we're in the jungles. We just rebuilt an entire lodge, celebrated Christmas with the, the tribes down there and just showed them that, yo, like we appreciate who you are and what you are. So let us honor you for honoring us. And I think that's the reason why Peru continuously opens the doors up for me is because I approach her with reverence. Mm -hmm. I honor the lineage. I respect the medicines. I respect the teachings. And at, at this juncture, I don't see it going any other way because mm -hmm. six retreats into it, 150 people later, it's kind of proof in the pudding that these, mm -hmm. these lands are very aware of people's intentions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love the way that you've modeled your retreats in saying that we give what we take. And I think that that um, just reflecting on that, like that needs to be a mindset that we take into our daily lives, period, mm, you know, yeah. as leaders to give what we take to create as much as we consume, to be of service to as much as we have been in service of, and to remember to always stand on that solid level of service. Right. It's easy to get caught up in like, oh, I serve people. I have clients. I do this. I do that. I speak on stages. I create this content. And we can, in all of that, still lose sight of being in servitude. 
right? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I still lose sight of that. I saw the, I was in LA a few years ago and there's a very prolific trainer. She was like Instagrammed out, you know, like very prolific. And she finished her class and some girl walked up to her to just be like, hey, like I've been following you forever and I'm amazed by you. And she says, I'm not talking right now. I'm, I'm busy and I, and like, this is not my class time. And I saw this soul like just collapse in this girl because she looked up to this person. And I was like, those are the moments. It's not the moments where we're in the limelight, when we're on the stages, when everybody's saying, yo, it's all about you. Mm -hmm. It's the moments where the person that can do nothing for us comes up to us. The person that can do nothing for us comes up to us and says, yo, I'm here Mm -hmm. and we're able to extend that compassion back. That's leadership. Mm -hmm. It's being able to get out of the ivory towers Mm -hmm. and get down with the people (laughs) in the mud, you know? Right. I always, yeah, it's like, and I've witnessed this time and time again in different ways as well as you have most likely. That's probably just one story of many, you know, especially, um, I've seen it in live event space. I I was doing my own live events for years in LA and was attending a lot of live events. And it was really, I was always more interested in how the speakers and the leaders were showing up on their offstage time. How were they showing up offstage? What was their presence like? How were they contributing? Were they contributing? Because whenever I've spoken at an event, I always just show up immerse myself in the event, sit with Mm -hmm. the attendees, like with the attendees at their tables, not at the back of the room. I am there from start to finish because I love to take in and and the entire event and, and pay reverence to the people Mm -hmm. who put it together. And it would have, it felt so unusual for me to witness other speakers who just fly in and fly out. Like they just Mm -hmm. come in, come out, um, the conversations that they have with the attendees are very shallow, very empty. There's no real depth. Um, and it's interesting to witness that because that that's that same mentality of, of this mm-hmm. like influencership performance-based leadership that we're seeing online as well. It's lacking the depth. And it's like, if we can't be of service to people, then what are we doing? Who are we being? Mm-hmm. How are we showing up and why are we showing up? why are we doing this? Um, back to the original point, And that's why it's so easy to lose sight of, of the servitude of, of being of service of really, truly being there for the reasons that we begun, you know, we can 100%. And so it's, um, you know, this is why you are one of those leaders that inspires me. And, and I'm so grateful for our connection because I see that in you, that level of servitude, that level of, of, depth and how you inspire the people who come in your circle to your retreats and, and, and even just to your Instagram account to also go to those depths. Um, because we don't necessarily get accolades for the depths that we reach, right? We don't get awards. Right. We don't get praise, like good for you. You went and met your shadow this weekend. Like we don't get Right, that. right. We get praised for all the external stuff. And that's why I think it's, it can be easy to lose sight of. Um, 
But I think for us to start even just talking about it more, like on this episode about what really takes place, what this work really is about, um, to bring awareness to people who are, um, in the line of leadership or see themselves as leaders is crucial. Like we need to start talking about this more. We need to start praising each other for the depth that we are living in, um, and start holding each other accountable to that depth. You know, absolutely. I will, I will walk through the mud with you. I will walk through the burning fires with you, but I'm not going to do it for you. You know, absolutely. And that's the, that accountability is such an important word, Mm. holding our peers accountable. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was in the Maasai Mar two years ago in Kenya, Mm -hmm. I had opportunity to spend some time with the last tribe of Kenya that was still rooted in their indigenous ways. They were the the lion hunters, the warriors. Mm-hmm. And I w- had an opportunity to go into this guy's hut that was made out of cow dung. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about what it was like to be a brother in, in his tribe mm-hmm. and how there was a standard that you didn't deviate from, that everybody held him accountable and that he knew he had to show up in a certain way Mm-hmm. Not only for him, but because of the lineage that he represented, because the tribe that he was in was counting on him to show up. And at the same time, he knew that his brothers were doing their work. Mm-hmm. But when it all came down to when it all hit the fan, they were they were warriors. So they were there to show up together. I think sometimes in this space of leadership, it's easy to talk the talk mm-hmm. when everything's fluffy and there's mm-hmm. cotton candy and sparklers and and. Uh, fairy dust floating around but it's in the grime and in the grind and in the shadows where you really begin to see who really is walking the walk Mm -hmm. and I think that another thing that happens a lot in the spiritual community and in these spaces of leadership is this holier than thou mentality Mm -hmm. drops in where people all of a sudden when a person does show up vulnerably and their shadows are exposed, instead of celebrating that they're in what they call the negredo in alchemy, the blackening or emblackenment, mm-hmm. this place where prime material is potentialized and actualized, mm-hmm. they kind of dismiss it and shun it rather than celebrate it. And what we need is more leaders that actually celebrate the shadows mm-hmm. and sit as a guiding light, not a judgmental force when people are going through their lows. Cause it's only through going through the lows that we're catalyzed to the highs. Mm-hmm. And once again, it's so easy for people to be around and be down when it's all good, mm-hmm. but it's, the real testament to our work, to our tools, to our character is what are we when it hits the fan, Mm -hmm. when Armageddon comes, when Mm -hmm. 2020 pandemic punches a uh, punch, like puts everybody on their back. Who, Mm -hmm. who are we in those spaces when all of a sudden we got to step up when it's not convenient to step up when the cameras are off Mm -hmm. and we have to hold that frequency regardless. Yeah. Yeah. That every word that you just shared so powerful. Um, who are we when the cameras are off? Who are we when no one's watching, when no one's listening, that's what matters, you know, that's what matters. And, um, you know, what we just went through as a collective 2020, like all the shadows coming to the service and, and everyone kind of being isolated and and being faced with some of the stuff that they've never 
had the courage to sit with and now are being forced to sit with. I mean, it's called us to this whole other level of depth Mm -hmm. and um, it has made it easier to spot the real ones from the performers. It, It definitely has. And I think that this is, been one of the greatest blessings through all of this, right? Through all that's taking place in our collective. It's given us a new um, vision, a new way to see, hence 2020. You know, we're seeing with more clarity. Absolutely. Moving forward, what I would love to see is just more leaders really focusing on who they're being, period. Not who they're being for their Insta, not who they're being for their videos, not who they're being for the pictures, but who they're being period. Like that's just it. And like you said, like the depth of service, which is such a beautiful reminder. Deep dives. And then being that guiding light, you know, going uh, the allegory of the cave by Plato is one of my favorite Mm. stories. I don't know if you've are familiar with it? No. So, so Plato basically paints this picture of these four men being born into a cave where their heads are locked in a certain position where they can only stare at this wall that's in front of them. And behind them, there's a shadow, uh, a fire, and there's these guards that make these pictures on the wall, uh, silhouettes that cast on the wall in front of them. And their worldview is that wall. Mm-hmm. And Plato says, what if somebody came down and unlocked one of those prisoners? As soon as they turned around and saw that it wasn't actually on the wall, it was shadows being projected on the wall, their worldview would be expanded. Mm-hmm. And he said, what if we then began to take that person out of the cave and into the light? He said, eventually when they got arrived in the light, it would be too much for them to handle. Their senses would be over, completely blown away. Mm-hmm. It would be overload. They would actually want to go back into the cave. Mm-hmm because that was normal to them. That was comfortable. Mm-hmm. And he said, after a while, they would begin to adjust to the light. They would begin to adjust. They would see the world in a different way. They would see the sun. They would see the fish. They would see the water mm-hmm. and breathe the air. And they would be like, how did I ever live in that cave before? Mm-hmm. And he said, eventually, he said, most people would want to go back to the cave, those people that they grew up with, mm-hmm. those people that they, they loved and share with them what they've seen as they've left the cave and gone into the world of magic and truth. Mm-hmm. And he said, when they went back into the cave, their eyes would no longer be adjusted to the dark. Mm-hmm. They would have trouble stumbling and walking around down there. And he said, they would go back and sit down next to their people and they wouldn't be able to make up the silhouettes anymore because now their eyes are adjusted to the light. Mm-hmm. And he said that, what if that person tried to tell those people yo, you need to come up to the light. They would be like, yo, why would we go up to the light and ruin our eyes when you can't even see these silhouettes anymore? Mm -hmm. And he said, oftentimes, he said, when you go back down in the cave and you try to share your truth with these people, people aren't going to listen until they're ready. Mm -hmm. He said, so this person or a person will oftentimes be dejected as they try to share these spaces of illumination. He said, but it's the duty of those who are given the knowingness, given the wisdom, given the lineage, given the teachings to still, regardless if people choose to or not, go down into the caves and try to share or unlock as many people as we can. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the allegory of the cave. So I feel like as a leader, it's about continuously going into the caves, even in the face of being rejected mm-hmm. and dejected, trying to be a guiding light to pull people into truth. Mm. 
Yes. I think that that's a beautiful way to sum up everything that we just talked about. And it's, yeah, it goes back to what I was, what we were saying at the beginning about the journey. And this, this is a refinement, a constant refinement. This is the work that we're in. This is a devotion to the path. It's not just a title. It's, it's a devotion, right? (laughs) Um, snap, snap. Um, Brandon, we are nearing the end of this episode and I'd love to know, um, is there any final thoughts that you want to share with our listeners and viewers? Yeah. One of the things that's come full circle for me and has been a deep level of inspiration, wisdom, and confrontation in my own inner world is this journey of self-love. I think that self-love is one of the most important things to cultivate as a leader, mm-hmm. self-love that's rooted in truth, not rooted in materialism. And I've been noticing the more I lean into the space of self-love, it, it's alchemical and it allows for compassion to flow through me, mm-hmm. as me. And it opens up the space of familiarity between any and all people, any and all humans who are on the journey. So I'd say for people who are on the path, get caught up in your own miraculousness. Remember that you are one of one. There never has been and never will be again another you. And that is sacred. And it is going to be a journey to unlock all that you are. So love yourself through the process. You're always right on time. There's no difference between the seed of an orange tree and the actual orange. They're all this one and the same, just the different parts of the evolution. So celebrate the process through self-love and everything else will take care of itself. And that's all I got to say. Mm beautiful reminder to leave our listeners with um to our listeners if you want to connect with brandon please do so he's on instagram brandon collinsworth and i'll have his link and more in the show notes um and just thank you brandon for being here for sharing your presence your wisdom your heart I, I deeply appreciate you and just have immense gratitude for you and your journey to be the leader of service that you are today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's, this is only the beginning, Ruby. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and to our listeners, thank you so much for joining me and Brandon for another episode of today's thought leader, where we're challenging you to activate the leader within. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, have any questions or insights you'd like to share, please do so connect with us on Instagram at Brandon Collinsworth at I am Ruby. You can also text me by texting TTL to 1781-336-0160. And then of course, as always, make sure you check back on Monday for a brand new episode. Thank you leaders. And thank you, Brandon.